Harvest Loss podcast and I'm your host Joe Fullwood. On the line with me today is Beverly grain grower Adam Smith. Great to have you on the show with me today Adam. Hi Joe. thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about grain losses in lupin crops. Now I'm guessing lupins are a pretty important part of your rotation, is that right Adam? They are, yeah, we've uh, we had them out of the rotation for a few years and realise the importance of them so they've come back in and we've been cropping them again for three years and doing fairly well out of them so far. Okay, so lupin losses or grain losses from a lupin crop often happen at the front of the machine rather than out of the back like cereals, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Getting them in the front is, is the biggest challenge and yeah, once they're in, the header can separate them fairly fairly well, yes. So tell me what sort of losses you were seeing in your lupin crop. Uh, we were... Well, sort of a bit of a backstory we we sort of went in with the uh with the primary sales knife guards and, and crop savers early on before before even growing our first crop because we'd heard of how many losses and we tried to mitigate that up front but we did do a small trial uh in our first year of growing them back in 2016 again with taking some of the sort of going back to a standard a standard header front and we calculated somewhere up around 200 plus kilos a hectare where we were thinking that we were estimating. So that's kind of a, a baseline of where we thought we were starting and, and we've come a long way from there. So what sort of yields were you getting in that particular lupin crop? Uh, we were getting around 1.6, 1.7 tonne, I think. So tell me, lupins, when they enter the header front, uh, they shatter, is that correct? Yes, yeah. Generally, they become very brittle. Uh, sometimes they're... They're left later in the harvest program or, or they're done on hot days. It's uh, in suboptimal conditions and the plant becomes very brittle and as soon as the, the knife uh, the knife hits the stalk, uh, especially if the crop is quite low, it can it can virtually the pods can virtually either split open or or fall off the stalk of the stem of the plant and gravity just takes them straight down and, and right below them is a knife with not really much to catch them. And you were measuring with some sort of drop tray, is that correct? Uh, initially, it was just visual. Uh, we were sort of dropping a quadrant and counting and, and doing a, a seed weight that way. Um, that was gen- the, the general ways we were doing it. We, we did later tests uh, last harvest with, with drop trays when we were sort of fine-tuning the program and, and fine-tuning different options of fingers and that. But generally, it's just quadrants and, and counting within the quadrants okay so did you find the drop tray an easier solution definitely a lot more accurate we we moved to the same method for the rear of the header for cereals we're using drop trays they were uh, they were far more accurate way of, of weighing instead of using a, a book figure as the weight of the crop you actually physically weighed what was there and you knew straight away and it was it was quite staggering sometimes just how far out your estimates can be. We've been using the bushel plus uh, tray with our chaff decks, and that's been very beneficial to the, the setup of the header. What about grain losses out the back of the header? Uh, reasonably minimal. You, you can have a lot, but it, they're, they're generally quite easy to. We found uh, quite easy to rectify with with sieve and wind settings. Rotor losses are virtually negligible, um, and it's just sieve loss which. Uh, there's then no challenge to get them out compared to say a cereal crop. So talk me through. You were seeing some shattering at the front, and then the um, the harvester wasn't catching the shattered grain. Two hundred kilogram losses. What was your solution to that? Our solution was to try and try and create as much surface area 
uh, around the knife to catch those pods and either the lupins themselves if the pod split or the, or the whole pod itself. And we did that by going to the primary sales uh, knife guard system. We opted for a, a triple knife guard. Most of the time before it's sort of been high, they've recommended a two-finger guard for a high-density crops and a four-finger guard for low-density crops. They've now introduced a, a three-finger guard to sort of meet the best of both worlds. It meant we didn't have to change over between crop types, whereas sometimes if you go for a four-finger guard in canola, the stems can sometimes not fit through, fit through them with some of our large hybrids. So the, the three-finger was a happy medium in between. And then from there, it's a choice of a, uh, a plastic extension and primary styles offer a number of different styles, styles and shapes and widths um, to suit guards and, and crop densities. So it was a matter of picking the right one for us that would still let the crop flow through to the knife, but try and save as many as seeds as we could. Uh, one of those guards, is that called a duck foot? No, the duck foot is a, is a separate sort of crop saving method. Again, that's what clips onto the reel. Did you use one of those as well? We didn't use them initially. Um, we demoed some last year. We found a small improvement, but without, we had uh, quite a successful loop and crop last year that was was quite tall, so harvestability was, was very easy. So I think the duck feet would have a good fit for a short loop and crop or, or even a short cereal crop for that matter. I think people have trialled around before with brushes or core flute and other things to, to some level of degree and, and the duck foot are, uh, are just another another method of trying to create a sweeping action so that any pods that are caught on the sort of transition between the knife and the draper belt, it just it sweeps them onto the draper belt and, and gets them into the header. Okay, so talking economics... Uh, these engineering solutions that you've put on the front of your header, uh, mm-hmm. was it worth the investment? Absolutely, definitely. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but it was probably in total figures, but we would have saved 100 to 150 kilos a hectare on average and taller crops probably less, but there's less losses in a, in a taller crop as well. Definitely worthwhile and didn't impede or didn't have any extra setup costs for moving between cereals or canola or anything like that. So what did you get your loose uh, lupin losses down to? So I think some of the lowest measurements we took were sort of under 50 kilos, 40 or 50 kilos a hectare. Yeah, so that was that was pretty successful there. You can get sometimes a little bit lower than that, but yeah, overall across a whole sort of range of range of tests in different sort of soil types and conditions. 50 kilos is probably as good as you'll probably average overall. So I guess the engineering solutions are half of it, but being able to measure these losses and to measure your successes are um, particularly important as well so that you can understand what sort of crops you really are producing. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a really good, like you said, exactly. We need to measure what we've grown and then we need to be able to measure what we've lost and decide, decide whether that economic impact is... Uh, is justifiable or not you can slow down you could slow down or you could harvest at night and cut those losses out to almost nothing but over the scale of the business that may not be economic because you might run into a week later of harvesting and and cop a storm uh, and lose uh, income on another part of the program so yeah it's a balancing act and, and the bushel plus system certainly allows you to accurately measure exactly what's 
what's happening either at the header front or at the, uh, at the back of the header through the seal or rotor loss. Well, just looking at my watch, Adam, and thinking we might leave it there for today, but I'm not going to let you get out of it just yet. I'm going to pick your brains also about uh, serial losses, perhaps in another podcast. So if you're listening, please join me in my next podcast when Adam and I will continue this very interesting conversation. This podcast has been brought to you by Primary Sales and is for information purposes only. Visit Primary Sales online at primarysales.com.au.